In the 1980s, three kids grew up watching cartoons in their PJs, eating cold cereal and playing with toys. These boys promptly grew up and joined the vast suburban landscape. Today, still infatuated with toys and shows from their youth, they survive as dads. If you want a podcast and have no one else to listen to, and if you can find it, maybe you can listen to The Saturday Morning Buffoons. All right, welcome back to The Saturday Morning Buffoons podcast. I am Kevin, and uh, with me today, of course, are the international man of internet mysteries, Jason. Hey, hey. And our hero of history and king of the Scott Tracker slander, Joe. Hola, host of Reno. Uh, Cops is a horrible cartoon that should never be mentioned again. Agreed. And I think I think Joe's in agreement. Um, um, it's what I imagine a plane crash running into a train wreck, running into an earthquake, running into an atomic bomb. Okay. That's the cartoon, Cops. Well, I couldn't even get past the, the, the main bad guy's voice. It was like grating was like you had that i had that peter griffin uh you know what really grinds my gears <laughs> this guy's voice uh so uh we are doing an awesome episode of gi joe today i think this one is a favorite among the three of us and always has been um i think it's probably a favorite of gi joe cartoon fans everywhere we are doing season one episode 29 the viper is coming um, <clears throat> it's based off of a uh, campfire story called The Viper, and in that story, the uh, gentleman buys or inherits a house of his uncle, and it lives on, it's on a kind of on a hill, and they all say that it's haunted. And then mm. that that same night, he gets a phone call from somebody and just basically says, "I'm the Viper. I'm coming in two hours." And then mm. the story progresses down to about you know ten minutes, five minutes, two minutes, one minute, and the guy calls the police and was like, "They're coming. The police are coming. Whatever, whatever, whatever." He gets a knock on the door. It's the Viper. He comes to wash and pipe the windows every day. Where does he want to start? Gotcha. So, based off of a campfire story. Well, um, I have many questions. This is a campfire story. Yeah. Is this supposed to be scary in some way? Well, like, they have it listed in the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark book, but I don't know how scary it's supposed to be. So, like, it, they get the call. The Viper is coming. So, people freak out. They think some giant, some, some, some giant. 8,000 year old snake is coming to their house to. I don't know. He just, the, all you guys said was, I'm, I'm the Viper. I'm coming in two hours. And right. then it, it continually went on from there. He didn't say anything else. I'm going to have to look into this air quotes scary story. Yeah. Well, I, he did just say uh, campfire story. He didn't say mm-hmm. scary. So, oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Campfire story. Like, because everybody, Ed- likes, everybody yeah. likes non scary campfire stories. Like your Aunt Edna crocheting doilies <laughs> for the backs of chairs. That's a campfire story. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically yeah, it. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, written by David Bennett Karen. Uh, he did a couple of other episodes from the 80s, mostly season two Raise the Flag, Sink to Montana, mm-hmm. Great Alaskan Land Rush, which is also another one of my favorites, I think. By the way, uh, raise the Montana. That's the, Montana. The, the sea captain trade is a trader and goes to Cobra. Yes. Because he wants to keep <clears> the boat. Mm-hmm. Right. That's another wild episode, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the battle for the train of gold, which, you know, if you want to see GI Joe's riding on horses to try to catch up to a bullet train, but nothing much else. And I don't remember seeing this guy's game uh, name a whole lot. Um, you know, when you watch episodes of GI Joe in terms of writing, no but... season two, five episodes. Which is a little, you know, I, I guess to me it's a little sad because this is a good episode. It's there's there's good stuff here. 
Um, so let's let's kind of jump into the, the show timeline here. Um, we have an awesome opening scene of a firehouse, which looks strikingly like a museum and not like a firehouse, uh, at least in my opinion. It had like a, it seemed like from the outside, it had a big glass, like dome rotunda type thing. But anyway, it's barbecue has been renovating the firehouse and is throwing what I guess is a housewarming party for his firehouse. Yeah. Housewarming. <laughs> housewarming. So, and a couple things to interject real quick, Kevin. Um, so first of all, I looked, the first three minutes of this entire episode, well, actually the entire episode is pretty nutty. Like it's pretty crazy, the, the stuff that goes on in this episode. Like, um, But I actually looked at uh, one Gabriel Kelly's file card, a.k.a. Barbecue. Uh oh. Um, couple things. Uh oh. Yeah, a couple things about barbecue. Um, barbecue is, according to his file card, he is um, an off duty party animal. So, all right. Well, this is why it explains why he's throwing a party. Correct. And it also um, mentions that Stalker is not a fan of his his shenanigans because he believes that there's no place for that um, in G.I. Joe. But mm. it basically boiled down to some like work hard, party hard kind of a thing. Interesting. Um, but this all aligns with the absolute chaos happening in Barbecue's renovated firehouse. Uh, and also why he doesn't so. care that Correct. everything's going wrong. Yeah. Correct. Because he's basically, uh, you know, a 27-year-old frat boy. Well, and that's a good point because they just spend the time telling you he renovated this thing. And I have a list of things that happen in the first couple of minutes, Joe. I think you're you're on the same page here. So let's start off with what, what Barbecue is actually doing as this episode opens. So <laughs> he is following um, all fire marshal safety standards of grilling with open flame indoors. That's <laughs> On a pretty massive grill. Yeah. It's like a solid like three foot by two foot steakhouse broiler that he's got. Yeah, like bring in the half a half a cow and slap it on there. Right. Thing. And so for he's, sure, he's doing that. Uh, Roadblock is playing basketball with a bunch of green shirts, which looks like one on four. Uh, one on five. Okay. Yep. Until um, he um, starts basically beating their asses. Correct. And then someone trips Roadblock, and Roadblock just you know goes head first out of plate glass window. Uh, what I'm assuming is on the second floor, but I can't confirm that. Unharmed. The, uh, the spatial awareness of this building w was really weird because the table was set up like behind the barbecue where like Scarlet goes to dump her, her flame burger. And then all of a sudden it's underneath the railing that Footloose and Alpine are repelling from. And then all of a sudden kind of sort of is in the middle of the basketball game. Yeah. So yeah. it's all going down like the, the center, the great room of this firehouse, which I, I'm kind of assuming barbecue lives here. We go back yeah. to this location multiple times. Um, Snake Eyes is just standing around holding a record. But that's okay. just there because right, they're, so, you know, they're British and they listen to right. a lot of punk music. So, so we have that. We have, like... Yeah, we have uh, what, what we already mentioned. Footloose and Alpine are repelling, but Alpine is saying he's trying to teach Footloose how to be a mountain climber. Um, on, a, they, they... On, the, on a railing in a building. Yeah, on so, a shoddy railing, by the way. It's foreshadowing. 
It is. It is foreshadowing. And we Same have with the, the window. We have a great line here um, from from Barbecue as he's serving Scarlet. Hope my flame burgers are hot enough for you. And then she and all drops he really it did into was, the punch. <laughs> yeah, all he did was uh, hit the grill to the point where a, a hot ember hits the grill, uh, hits the burger, sets it on fire, and then he puts it on a paper plate. Yeah, and then <laughs> sets the paper plate on plate. fire, which he has to go dump into the punch bowl. Right. Who? Okay, so this episode starts out by breaking every one of the. PSA announcements that they make at the end of these episodes, right? Don't Basically. barbecue indoors. Don't play with fire. Don't, don't jump off the back of a rail. Glass windows. Don't smash yeah. glass windows. Don't play ball in the house. All of these things they tried to teach you at the end of the episode, and he is just breaking them. What so, do you, you know, time out. Yeah. Did the PSA start right away, or were, were they going that's, full swing in FI episode 29 or whatever it is? Yes. So this okay. one uh, had a, had the episode. This episode had Roadblock telling the kids not to go around downed electrical wires huh. when it first came out. So nothing about playing ball in the house or breaking nope. glass or nope. repelling from. Got it. Um, so again, I just want to reiterate: they compliment barbecue on renovating this firehouse, and within the first three minutes of the episode, destroy there are it. multiple things destroyed, and yeah. then the phone rings, which is basically barbecue's equivalent of the bat phone it's red like it's he's got a red i think phone. that was just the style at the time it was the 80s he had a war, uh, court corded phone why not red with the buttons um, i have one yeah that's true okay and then i'm gonna let jason handle this next part because he's usually pretty good with uh with impersonations of characters so the phone rings and what do we get what oh what does he say uh what does he say i'm the viper he says, "What is it? Five seventy-five? He says, "Mister Barbecue." He calls him Mister Barbecue. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, Mister Barbecue. Viper is right. coming. Five seventy-five. Five seventy-five. So now you have to do the the voice, Jason, because I set it up and and we bunted instead of home run. Mm, I'm to be out at first here. <laughs> All right. So the Viper is coming. Five seventy-five. And uh, for those who are are obviously just listening, Joe is trying to shove notes in my face right now. Um, so they assume immediately that this is a code from Cobra because and it's a, it's a challenge. Yes. Because think about it. You're in GI Joe. What is your job? Stop Cobra. Stop Cobra. It's a little dangerous to mention anything like snake or reptile related sure. to a GI Joe member, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can't do that because they are automatically going to jump to conclusions that it's Cobra, right? right. Everything because everything is Cobra, right? Mm -hmm. Just like in Transformers, everything is the Decepticons, right? Correct. The cause of everything is Decepticons, and what was the other one we said in Mask? Everything is Scott or Scott Tracker's fault. Venom. <laughs> everything Venom. is Venom. Um, <clears throat> so you can't just go around saying stuff like that. No, it's like being and... in an airport and saying bomb. Yeah. And and to point out, this is still the era of, of Cobra Troopers, so we don't have Vipers yet as the, the main foot soldier for Cobra. Um, I don't even think we have characters. I don't think that the Televipers are here yet at this point. We have nothing that's referred to as a Viper at this point. Correct. Right? Okay. Well, the tele Televipers, but that's it. We're, I was going to say, no, oh, was, were, were they there yet? No. Mm. I think they come in later. Hmm. Okay. Well, 
some more research required on that. So they were we, they were an early figure. I know that they were. We jump we jump to then they go back to to Joe headquarters, and now we've made the assumption that five seventy five could only be longitude and latitude. It can't be anything else. It couldn't be an area code. It couldn't be an address, right? Like it's it's longitude and latitude, which is uh, five degrees east and seventy five degrees south, which lands us smack dab in the middle of Antarctica. How do we know that that wasn't north? I, I don't know. Just saying. So yeah, if they um if they had gone north five degrees in west. 75 or south 75 was it north 75 north, and then, they, they they go five and east then west to 75 south so if they had gone so north be, five and west 75 they would have ended up in bogota colombia which oof. might have been a better choice totally different 70, story we would have coming at us at that point and and it also barbecue would have not been able to complain about oh yeah. i hate the cold but he's from taxachusetts where yeah. it is freezing in the winter so i don't understand what that well maybe i, mean, I get it he's a firefighter he likes heat i, I don't know uh, Flame maybe he moved out of massachusetts though maybe that's why he doesn't live no. there anymore i don't or know maybe okay so they now we're we're here in uh we're here in antarctica and okay so uh right off the bat it's awesome snow cats <laughs> we have snow cats which are an awesome vehicle uh you know we were actually Love discussing that this Outside of the pod, uh, recently, uh, Joe and I both have an affinity for uh, snow-related vehicles and figures. Um, but the snowcat, you know, uh, awesome. So I think I figured out why I'm into the snow-related stuff, um, and it literally just came to me. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is Empire Strikes Back. Mine too. It takes place on Hoth. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I love all of the Hoth-related figures, the vehicles, like the Snowspeeder and that. The Snowtrooper was awesome. The Snowtrooper was awesome. Even like the Han and Luke in mm -hmm. the snow were awesome. Yep. I one of my figures I had was the Princess Leia in the snow. Like I just I don't know. Like yeah, I think that just kind of carried over in, into GI Joe. Well, and I mean. We grew place. up in Northern California, but not in the section of Northern California where you get snow. So snow wasn't far from us. Um, so I always looked forward to going to the snow. And I generally would go, um, <clears throat> if I was going to visit my grandparents, for instance, who lived in a town called Arnold, um, I would make sure I packed my snow G.I. Joes if I was going there in the winter. Like the snow vehicles were the ones that I was like, these, these, I, I have snow. Like I got to go use the snow guys. That's the same with the, if you were going to a friend's house with a pool, you had to bring all of your boats, boats. and all of your scuba divers and submarines and whatever you had because sure. you were going someplace with a pool or with yeah. water that wasn't your bathtub. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I, um, I like never saw snow. Like, I think I saw snow twice before hmm. I was like um, to high school. Hmm. Um, and I, I just never traveled. I just didn't really have that ability to travel. Uh, and then pretty much the majority of my pool time as a kid was either the summer pool experience at the high school where it was a dollar to get in um, or your neighbor, Jason, that would occasionally let us in their pool. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like maybe a handful of times like ever. So, well, and I think even uh, like these snow vehicles playing at home, I can recall for myself. If you had the right kinds of towels or bed sheets in your house, snow was easy to manufacture. To 
Yeah. Cause you, uh, that's, that's brilliant by the way. I never, um, never figured that out, but that's, that's bloody brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it was easier than trying to do green or, or stuff like that to make it dirt. Like snow was kind of easy to do. Um, so anyway, we're, we're here in Antarctica um, and they're looking around and, and it's like the, the exact five degrees east, 75 degrees south uh, location and nothing is going on except this little funky rock that is sticking out of the ground, which Alpine decides he needs. And I'm going to answer a question for you that I believe you asked yesterday, Joe, which is why does everybody except Alpine show up with the, the heavy overcoats? I think because he's a mountain climber, I think his coat is already going to keep him warm. Okay. I, I That's just what I'm going for. That's the only okay. reason. Um, so he go, they go up to pull this rock. And we find out that it's a, it's a lever or something. It's a button. It's a lever. And we're now headed into Cobra Rest and Re Recreation Base number three. Uh, yep. Who has a robot reader. Do you guys hear people refer to like the the seventy fifth parallel or something like that? Because that's what seventy five degrees south is. Hmm. It's it's a all around the world, kind of like below the equator. Just, hmm. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I did not hear parallel. I did not hear the phrase parallel used. Okay. Well, I <laughs> no, have, but that's I just what seventy fifth. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. So we're we're at the R and R resort. I'm just gonna call it a resort. Uh huh. And they're it greeted is. by they're greeted what looks like a uh, sort of a uh, poor man's version of the robot from Lost in Space. Correct. Um, that has eyebrows and it starts chirping at them about what they can expect to encounter and experience at the resort, which oh. is um, swimming or you know lifting weights in Cobra Commander's gym. Mm -hmm. And then later in the evening, there is entertainment from the Cobra Cuties at the Zartan Entertainment Center. Uh -huh. So, you know, maybe this is one of the incentives that Cobra Commander pitches to Zartan when he doesn't pay him is, hey, we'll name one of our theaters where women dance around after you. Super important. Well, where does Zartan end up in this episode later on? <laughs> I mean, he... <laughs> Dressed as a security guard as <laughs> extensive enterprises. That is yeah. the biggest that is my biggest WTF in this entire episode. Dressed as an overweight security guard standing around watching the G.I. Joe's roll in. Yeah. He wasn't even drinking coffee, like, which is no. kind of disappointing. Like yeah. if you're gonna sell it, man, sell it. I mean he's barely in the episode. Right. Um, and how does also, he disappear? <laughs> right? He turns invisible and stands Into against the wall. the wall and then does nothing else. He's like, oh, you can't see me. <laughs> He says that he doesn't. Well, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to okay. jump ahead. So, so we have. So, did you guys catch what the robot says after he introduces everything? No tipping, not. please. Was it no tipping? I, yeah, I couldn't. Okay, I, I wrote down no dipping. Like, are they? Yeah. They're not. They're not allowed <laughs> no, to like chew tobacco. No, not allowed to tip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All okay. right, so we have a an epic scene here, in my opinion, because now we see the recreation of the Cobra Troopers who are. <laughs> wearing their it's, recreation gear. That's their short, shorts. Standard shorts. PT gear. Yeah. That's their Short standard shorts. issue. Standard yeah. issue PT gear they picked up at the Cobra PX using yep. Cobra shekels. Uh -huh. Yep. Right. And still wearing their helmets and masks. Yep. 
So this is a this is a steadfast Cobra rule because remember when they were unemployed too, they were still in uniform. Yep. yep. So they went right down to them. This is Destro's influence. It has to be. It's the mask thing. You can't take it off. Nope. So I wonder if in GI Joe world there are people who do stolen valor for Cobra uniforms. God, I hope so. I really hope so. Because they want to go to recreation base number three. Stolen valor. (laughs) Maybe they're, uh, or maybe they're clone troopers, and that's why we don't. They want to see that they're all the same guy. Or maybe it's just an animator not wanting to draw individual faces of different people too. But they drew like those half dozen or more green shirts. Yeah. Basketball uh, arena. True. Or arena. True, true. At Barbecue's Firehouse. What am I saying? <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so we have the, uh, the, the, the Joes stumble into the Cobra Commander gym. And the Cobra troops in their skivvies and their masks. PT <laughs> gear, oh, man. PT gear. gear. Whatever. Start to throw billiard balls at the um, Joes. Like a thousand billion balls. <laughs> more that more than they have access to. Right. It's like there's a machine gun shooting billiard <laughs> balls. And Lady J literally runs in a straight line and does not get hit by one of them. Why? No zig, no zag. Because the Cobras go to the same shooting range that um, Stormtroopers do, and they can't hit jack squat. 100%. Um, and then, of course, we get Lady J, who uses one of her spears as a pool cue to hit one of these billiard balls back at the troopers. She breaks the billiard like it's uh, it's queued up and ready to go, and she uses her stick to break the the balls on the table and right. knocks them all into the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course now the there's basically an alert going. There's no real, you know, like alarm or anything going off, but the, everybody's kind of doing their thing. And then the, the my barbecue, favorite guy. Do we, oh, do we forget yeah, about barbecue? Back. What he does? Oh yeah, he, spray, he sprays the floor. Yeah, greases the floor, and, and they all go. Sliding the the goes sliding into the pool, and he makes some witty comment about it. <clears throat> I can't remember what it was. I didn't write it down, but he makes some witty comment about it. He does, and then there's more witty comments on the horizon, which and I they make, make they make about. witty gym related banter banter. You know what I mean? It's it's just uh, it's getting heavy in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But then we we cut to a scene with with uh, the the gentleman who steals the show in this episode for me, um, the the blonde guy in the 70s leader suit who we're going to politely refer to as Larry for the rest of the episode. Um, Jason and I had a quick discussion about this. His name was either going to be Larry or Curtis, but is Jason he... pointed out the suit, so he's Larry. So what is his job there? Is he like the he's manager? manager? Okay. Yeah. He's Larry the manager. That. I accept that. Um, he's got an awesome mandalion. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely wearing a leisure, uh, a leisure suit. Um, and so he's, he's going, I think he's actually trying to set off the alarm, right? That's what he's trying to do. He goes to alert the fire bats and everybody else that's on the surface. And so which is why we, have, we get a uh, roadblock. So we have fire bats launching and, and no terror drone, right? But the fire bat nope. was a terror drone vehicle at first. I don't know if they made a self standing one at some point, but was that, was that not the vehicle that came out of the terror drone? It, it was, but it was red. Um, do our fire is the terror drone in existence in the no, GI Joe universe yet. yet? I don't think it no. is. It comes in as a rise, Serpento Arise. Right. That's what it's in the 86 episodes. 86? 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, we didn't get Ace. Ace and his, you know, squad are flying around. And then we get some more. And I don't I don't know if this was intended because of his name, Ace, but um <clears throat> we get some poker related banter. Yeah. Um Ace says, Oh, it looks like Cobra's dealing from the bottom of the deck. Time <laughs> time to cash in the chips uh and give him the royal flush. Well, he's a he's a um, uh, degenerate gambler, apparently, um, <laughs> and uh, that's why he has to constantly make gambling <clears throat> puns. I mean, if you look all the episodes that where they have where they're in at least in this series where they're R and R, it's Ace Ripcord, mm-hmm. um, maybe Alpine, all playing poker. Yeah, there's at least one or two episodes that well, that start like that. There's money maybe his name. His name at is least. Ace, not because he shoots planes down, but because he's no. a degenerate gambler. Yes, because he that's the Ace of Spades or Ace of Hearts, whatever. Sure. Okay. Now let's take a quick aside as we as we tend to do here to talk about GI Joe action figures. Um, Ace sucks. Terrible. He looks he's like not, uh, yeah, was not like, like a cartoon. He looks like a Mitchell and Man reject. A Michelin Man astronaut more than a pilot with right. a fishbowl helmet that comes off. Terrible. Um, like, I, 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 Ace is terrible. But on, <clears throat> the, on the other side of that, we have Snow Serpents. And Snow Serpents were an excellent Amazing. action figure. They're the anti, anti, antithesis of Ace, whatever that word is, of Ace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm By pretty the way, sure that <laughs> though I never had Snow Serpent, but I recall um, I had some friends who did, and his equipment were was pretty awesome. So he came yeah, with yeah. an AK. Yep. Um, and then was that blue like thing that he came with that wrapped around his waist? Was that like yeah, a fanny. parachute? The it looked pack. like it. Yes. <laughs> okay. But it yeah, had a yeah. it had the pool the uh, pool strap yeah. like a like a parachute. Yeah. Like a right. I always. Thing. So as a kid, I thought it was like some sort of emergency kit, you know, because he's out in the snow. But it does. Jason's right. It does absolutely have like the ripcord on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked cool with it on. And the mold for the figure with the like fur around the collar and everything was very cool. Yep. His helmet was very cool. Um, they they nailed Snow Serpent. Like he was an awesome figure. He had the backpack that you could attach a little like mortar slash rocket type thing to. Um, and of course, he came with an AK, which at the time was the pinnacle. Well, maybe still is the pinnacle weapon for bad guys. Yep, is the is the AK, but it it was somehow better than even though I think a lot of the Cobra Troopers came with AKs too, but it was somehow yep. it was better. It was better. It's because Snow Serpent was better. Standard issue, bad guy weapon. You're right, 100 on that. So um, the, uh, the fire bat. We're going back to the fire bat. That was the one. Mm. It was introduced in the Once Upon a Joe episode that we did. That was its first okay. one. That was October first, and then it continued on until um, it got entered into as gray until I got part of the Terradrome. So, based on that photo you just showed, Joe, one thing that's interesting. So, Joe showed a picture of the Snow Serpent action figure, and I guess if you wrap that thing around his waist, it actually kind of blends in with the straps on his outfit, which does then make it seem kind of like it's a parachute. So if we look at the, um, I'm going to call this one the 25th anniversary figure. Yeah. Um, it's even more prominent because <clears throat> the yeah. the metal oh. clip across his harness mm-hmm. is 
a pretty standard um, parachute harness rig. But yeah. but now so, it just leaves me with more questions. Yeah, why does a snowtrooper need a parachute rig? Exactly. Oh, right, and he well, came with sweet snowshoes. I forgot about that. G.I. Yeah. Joe Unsolved Mysteries. Why do snow, snooper, snow serpents have parachutes? Um, okay, true. so we get some cool things here. Um, we find oh, this is... We, Sorry, this is also another place where you see a lot of people that have their own guns, like Spirits running around with his own gun. Mm -hmm. The Snow Serpents have their own guns. Mm -hmm. Footloose has his own gun. But a few so, other guys have M16s too. Yeah, I think that just got lazy. Uh, yeah. And um, but we also sorry, Joe. I was gonna say one I had one question. Um they're on a mission where they think it's gonna be a heavy cobra presence, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone basically brings a pistol mm -hmm. to this to this fight which um for those who don't know pistol has one basic intention um at least in military practical application and that is for self-defense like you are you're going to encounter someone who's coming at you from 25 meters away or less and that is your last resort. weapon of self yes exactly right and yet, they've all decided that bringing pistols was a good idea for this. Well, which I thought was a little strange. Whoever yeah. was drawing didn't want to draw the full rifle, maybe in the episode. You know, you never know. But you also, what I do like is that we get uh, Roadblock and Scarlet retaliate to some of this attack on ground while Ace is doing the stuff in the sky, and they fire what are referred to as snowpedos, which that are was the, the best part of that <clears throat> snow. Yeah, pedo. yeah. Agreed. And I actually don't think I knew that they referred to them as Snowpedos. To me, I was just like, they're missiles on skis. You know, whatever. But Snowpedo is actually an awesome name. Totally. Uh, for, for this thing. Um, and then, now, so now we're going to get back. They're going to break back into the base. I guess you would say. I don't know if they're really breaking back in. They do blow a door down. Right. Uh, that That's aggressive entry. <laughs> true, um, true. And we get Scarlet, who shoots her pistol in the air and tells Cobra to drop their weapons, to which they all do. Yep. It's like 20 to 3 inside that room, right? Like, it's Scarlet and Roadblock, and or maybe there's five Joes in there, but they're fully outnumbered. And they I'm sure there's still... Balls. I was just yep. going to say, <laughs> the billiard balls are probably all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because they're not getting thrown back, so right. We ran out of everything. So that they pretty much wraps up proverbial pants down. That wraps Sorry. up their experience in Antarctica, right? Yes. Basically, yes. now we go back to wherever Joe headquarters is, or wherever yep. barbecues renovated it's barbecues. Barbecue. It's barbecues. Our house. house. They always call it barbecue hut from now on. I'm calling yeah, it the barbecue house. hut from now on. Oh. No, real I'm quick, guys. How many? How long does this take? Is this like a, a day, forty-eight hours, seventy-two well, hours? A I week? can't imagine the trip. It's a solid four-hour turnaround. Short. Nope, it's a solid four-hour turnaround. Four hours. Because at one point, Scarlet says, "Oh my God, I've had such a day. I'm gonna go home and you know and sleep for a couple hours." And then there's parts where he's still showing up. Um, the Viper is coming, but it's only been like 12 hours since the last time he called. Um, so I don't, I, I was thinking like 40, 80 hours, like the first one that he calls, he's like, I'm coming, 
you know, I'll be here on Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. And then they go to Antarctica. Then they come to where, what's the next one? Extensive Enterprises? No, West Point. Yeah. Yeah, West Point. But it also seems like they say they took care of it in a day. Well, so according to a website that I've just discovered right now and has no credibility to me whatsoever called travelmath.com, it takes from the United States, uh, it takes approximately 18 hours and 29 minutes to fly to Antarctica. Non GI Joe time. Mm-hmm. So four hours so is probably four hours. right. <laughs> okay. Or it could be 8,000 astroseconds. That, that too. Um, all right. So, yeah, we, we, now we get another call from the Viper. Come on Friday, West Corner, which they immediately assume is West Point because a corner mm-hmm. is also a point. Is also a point. Yeah. And I know for a fact that Joe loves this rationale that a corner is also a point, and that if you're going to come on Friday, West Corner, you must be going to West Point. Um, just because I know that Joe loves wild assumptions made by <laughs> Unbelievable. made by lead characters. It's embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing. Like, you're the most elite. <laughs> like, are you effing serious right now? Like, it's embarrassing. There is a lot of stuff that kind of sort of has to come together. Like, this, the, these elaborate schemes and plans to... to to really make this all work cuz oh. i mean the 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 longitude and latitude the 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 interpretation of corner um the top floor the the you know the the definition of top floor <laughs> yeah you know but these wild assumptions is what makes the payoff of this episode so good right right that's really okay. what that's why the payoff is awesome um, so they go to West Point, which they're having a, a looks like they're having some sort of ceremony for the graduates of West Point, um, the cadets. Uh, there is lots of, uh, as they refer to, uh, I believe they say brass. They say there's lots of brass at West there's Point. More, they, Roadblock says that there's more brass in the stands than there is in the band. There's more okay. brass in the stands than there is in the band. So now we know that the, the, the next wild assumption, which actually is logical at this point, is that they must be there. The Viper wants to come and get all of these military leaders. And I believe there's some sort of senator or something. Yes. Like a senator, uh, a senator and a general. Yep. Um, so we're going to get to this part of the, the, the scene here. But they show the row of tanks that are there, which apparently they bring tanks to all these ceremonies when cadets are graduating West Point, mm-hmm. especially MOBATs. Um, and... Uh, the- so those are like what I consider a GI Joe version of a Sherman tank. Correct, hundred um, percent. And it's a again a little aside for Pete for our listeners out there. The Mobat is a shitty fucking vehicle. In terms of toys, it's terrible. Excuse my uh, language, Kevin, but that's you want to tell us how you really feel about the Mobat? <laughs> Stop sugarcoating. And, and I also want to point out that in 1980, whatever, no one carried friggin' D batteries in their house. Unless you had a mag light. Yep. Which no one did. Right. Everything else, even in the 80s, runs on AA and AAA batteries or 9-volt batteries. And then you need like 38D batteries to make the Mobat go one foot per hour. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't go on carpet, by the way. Anyway, (laughs) the the tanks, if you catch it when they're showing the, the panoramic of it, everybody that is in the turret of those tanks is wearing blue. Yep. yep. And we're at West Point, which is, you know, an army thing. They don't do dress blues. Um, well, back then they didn't. 
It was dress right. greens. Right. It was greens. And their helmets look strikingly like those of Cobra Troopers. You get again um, another elite fighting force really on top of things. <laughs> um, hey, those so guys don't look like Cobra at all. We're, we're looking around and they glance over and we have uh, the artist soon to be known as Dr. Mindbender, a.k.a. Major Blood, <laughs> uh, is in one of these tanks. Soon to be unemployed. <laughs> yeah, he's soon to be unemployed. Soon to be managing a uh, managing a warehouse in yep. uh, R- Riverside, California, very yep. soon. <laughs> in Sanito. Um, so, so Scarlet says she's going to go when they figure out what they think is going on. Which Cobra is there to try to get this senator or this congressman or whatever he is, Both. a senator um, and a general. Yeah, they're there to get these guys. So that happy accident that Joe showed up here looking for the Viper. Um. But she goes to go tell the tank people, which she has to get in their face before she realizes it's Cobra. Yeah. And he they both have a moment. Like Major Blood <laughs> turns she's like, hey, tank jockey. And uh yeah. she, the Major Blood turns around. She sees Major Blood sees her, she sees him, and then he's like, ah crap. <laughs> by the way, I love Cover's that she blown. calls I love that she calls him a tank jockey, by the way. Yeah. Let's go get the the senator and the general. They will make great, um, uh, what does he call them? Ransoms for Cobra. Yes, hostages. So it's it's great that um, at the beginning, like the opening shot, they're like fairly close, right? Well, when when all hell breaks loose and they start to move into action, they are now suddenly like a quarter of a mile or farther away from the stands. Right. And, And it's just a complete, you know. It's more of. it's more spacing things again, and like you don't have a continuity. There's no and, continuity scriptwriter. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Military information here: Would a a Mobat or a a Sherman tank be a heavily armored vehicle? Uh, yeah. 100%. It's a heavily armored I mean, vehicle. I I've been in a Sherman tank before. There, you go to knock on the side of them, and you're, it sounds like you're knocking on concrete. It's yeah, small arms are not so, going to penetrate that right. whatsoever. So, re- rhetorical question. Obviously, we all we we know that they are, but they're they're heavy armored vehicles, and we're going to take them down with awe strikers. So here we go. I wrote that in my uh, notes. Did you see the size of the cannon on the awe striker? It's a pretty big cannon. Issue. So, <laughs> hear me out. The tanks are facing away from the awe strikers. The most vulnerable part of a tank is its rear side or its tracks, and the Ostrikers are behind the tanks. Okay. So, I mean, if 575 is automatically Antarctica, and the travel time between Antarctica and Barbecue's Firehouse is roughly four hours, then it makes sense that Barbecue Hut, it makes sense <laughs> that a Ostriker cannon could take down a tank. Just barbecue. like, just like Roadblock's <laughs> grenade can take out his tracks. A track. This rationale is perfect. Barbecue, yeah. barbecue hut. No is question. My new, bar, my new restaurant. By the way, I'm gonna start patent pending barbecue hut. So uh, if we do, Uh-oh. let's have let's have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner restaurant row right next to each other. Because I'm gonna open the breakfast restaurant called Luft Waffles. Yes. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. And no, okay, but and if then... you look, if, if you look at the tanks, they don't. The Ostrikers don't shoot the tanks. Like there's one that drives right through the middle of them, and then the two tanks shoot each other. Mm-hmm. And then mm, the only one true. that 
well, the only thing that really did it was the um, roadblock and his grenade into the tank track. That's and then that true. caused a bunch of tr- tanks to crash into the back of that one, right? Yeah. Now, to to be fair, in the universe of G.I. Joe, we have seen Storm Shadow karate chop a tank to death. Yes. So. Yeah. But he has ninja powers. Yes. And it was a Cobra tank. And we already know that those things fall well, apart. Well, yeah. Apparently, Destro s- sells shoddy crap because they just fall apart it's... as he's trying to sell them. So, yeah. You know, Destro is a shitty arms dealer. <laughs> to to um... Omar Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> and Castro, oh, yeah, and Castro, yeah. yeah. Um, while so his theory, um, while guess... his metal face is moving with his facial expressions, yeah. So in theory, I guess Storm Shadow could uh, karate chop a Cobra tank to death, but not mm-hmm. a Sherman tank. I don't yeah. understand okay. what you guys are confused about. Right. I'm no, not either. I'm, I'm not confused. I'm all, I'm all in I'm here. Fine. I don't know. What it's you guys fine. Are. Um, so then, you know, Scarlet's kind of get kind of gets overwhelmed here. Um, we get a line from Major Blood about knowing how Custer feels. Because he was surrounded in the middle? Correct. But, um, so the cadets rescue Scarlet, who's, you know, who's there. And then Scarlet flirts with one of the Cobra guys to get his attention. Um, so we have now seen G.I. Joe with their female operatives use their feminine wiles over and over again to to try to get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, to be fair, she then beats the wheels off of like seven or eight <laughs> cobra. Yeah. Cobra All the, everybody else <laughs> is just standing around. Absolutely beats the wheels off them, and then the the West Point guys are like, "Wow, that's a hell of a soldier!" And then they finally like step in and start doing something instead of standing there looking yep. stupid. Yeah. And I, I'm laughing at the beats to wheels thing off just because it, to me it's just another reference to Storm Shadow beating the crap out of the tank and the stuff falls mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. So, you know, we know you're using it, <laughs> you know, as a in reference to her beating up the guys, but based on the rationale we've established, it could have been completely logical that she beat the wheels off the tanks too. Correct. Uh, Correct. So, yeah, that's kind of the end of the West Point scene now. So now we, we're done with West Point. Right, Cobra retreats. Um, no, they get they get captured, and Major Blood disappears in a puff of smoke. Well, he went to go work at Stride Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Stride Right. <laughs> it's a good Which solid eighties reference for you 80s. folks out there. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to work at Stride Right. Um, yeah. That was the Sketcher store before it was the Sketcher store. Correct. Correct. Um, and now we're back at the barbecue hut. Mm-hmm. And we get another call. We get another call. The Viper is coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Top floor first. Okay. Yep. yep. Rationale means biggest building ever. The biggest building in the world. Mm-hmm. The quoted from the show. Tallest the extens- building in the world. The extensive enterprises tower. Mm-hmm. Is the extensive enterprises tower. It's the tallest okay. building in the world. So. I'm going to jump slightly ahead as we know that this is going to unfold into a battle around the building Uh with the words extensive enterprises posted on the side of the building. (laughs) G.I. Joe knows damn well, good and well, who runs extensive enterprises. Uh It's Tomax and Zama. They're well aware. How, How the blank is extensive enterprises continuing to operate and just out in the open? Because G.I. Joe can't prove it. The burden it of proof can't. 
it can't prove that the side of the building opens up and cobras flow out of it. Never Not, seen it no. happen. That's always no. behind them. You don't know. Or uh, there, Joe? It happened when Zartan <laughs> came, broke cover <laughs> yeah. and the wall hey, opened true. up. <laughs> Anything Zartan does, he gets a pass. That's it. Yeah. That's all there well, is to he it. Just, it didn't happen. He just, he just takes a step back against the wall and then he... And he's in his so, so you have Where no... Where go? <laughs> you, you have... Commissioner! <laughs> you have no witnesses because Zartan disappears. You have no criminal. Um, but let's let's step back here. So Destro is really upset about this Viper thing after, I guess, the West what? Point ordeal. <laughs> yeah, what happened in this room? <laughs> he went it is completely a... thrashed. I knew where rage. I was going. Tomax um, and Zaymon are there bullet. with tattered pants... <laughs> The room looks like it's been hit with rockets. Yeah. One, of them has, one of them has his pants ripped off at the knee. Yeah, like, exactly. Just <laughs> gone. Like he went all like Bruce Banner action. Like Right. I yes. thought like, that there was a scene somewhere that we missed. Like they, they had edited it out of the episode or whatever it is. And I went looking and there there is no other scene. It is literally no. just a bad, horrible continuity cut. No, where, this is where... They do make reference to it takes a lot of money and effort to rebuild the recreation base. So I think Tomax and Zaymod showed up to a construction site and just started working in their suits. And now they're all messed up. That was their but, alibi. No, that was their alibi because Jester was, was like, hey, ma yeah, Major Blood, you're the one that you're the one that you're the Viper. He's like, I can't be. I almost got captured. Right, and well, then they're like, let's... Major Blood was with us. Let's stop right there. I, We're going to talk about Major Blood here for just a second. Hold on. I'm, and Joe, I'm pretty I'll, sure Deshiro was in a Scottish drunken rage. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. But so, what's he drinking? Mead. Correct. Ale. Um, so fresh off of his ship from Stride Right, yeah. Destro has Major Blood in a very precarious position here. Yeah. This is not the position I I expect to see you if you're just trying to get like rough somebody up to. He's, he's bent him over the table for being the viper. He's bent over the table, and it's not like he's face up. Nope. <laughs> so Major Blood is about to have a very bad day. Yeah. And just came to my thought process here. Maybe this is why Tomax and Zaymot's pants are ripped off from the <laughs> from the knee. Had to be Destro had his way with them. <laughs> and now he's moving on to Major Blood. Yikes! Testro's just <laughs> going to town. I know it got dark. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it went, it went if really. GI Joe is not if 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 uh, David Karen's not going to fill in the blanks of what happened between now and then. I'm damn Might sure as well, going right? to. <laughs> right. Here's what's going to happen. Destro goes in, rapes the twins, <laughs> finds Major Blood coming back from Stride, right? <laughs> Figures he's the Viper because he wasn't there, rapes him too, or is going to rape him. But then the twins step in and be like, don't rape him. It's okay. Drunk on mead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Backhands yeah, all of I, them. I don't even have, I can't even, I got nothing for that. Right. So, but he does, like, he does blatantly accuse Major Blood of being the and, Viper. Okay, pause. His face is silver. His hands are silver. Oh. Dot, dot, dot. What What else is... <laughs> Major Blood's hands are silver? No, that... Destro. Oh, what else is silver? Oh, okay. I get where we're going here. Did he have yeah. a smelting accident? <laughs> <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> so Destro's also been part of a smelting accident. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh. That was part of his curse. 
He's Scottish, isn't that weird? <laughs> it's dark it's rabbit hole here, listeners. We apologize. All right, let's I'm, climb I'm, out. I'm at fault here. Climb yeah, out. Send yeah, all no, complaints I'm... to Kevin Booth, care of. <laughs> uh, I believe the email address is smbuffoons at gmail.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So now we have the Zartan thing, right? Where he's the security guard at Extensive Enterprises. Is he guarding the door to the room where Destro is having his way with Major No, Blood he's guarding the elevator at the bottom of the stairs, at the bottom of the tower. Here's what I think is happening. Zartan is pulling an undercover boss. Oh. So he's pretty, they no. don't know he's there. Correct. Nobody knows he's there except for Zartan and maybe Cobra Commander, who's not featured in this episode at all. I think, I think... I think uh, this is another way that Zartan subsidizes his pay because he's such a great uh, like person that, that wears costumes and stuff. He's like a disguise artist. He just goes and gets himself hired by other like Cobra industry things. He's just like, hey, I'm Melvin. Uh, Melvin Bernard, I'd like to apply for the security guard position. And they're like, just... okay, Melvin, let's go check out his references. All right, cool. You're good. Just stand in here. He's like, oh, sweet. He's just completely taking him to, to, to like, yeah. He's putting him through the cleaners with his yeah. m- multiple paychecks that he collects. Yes, yeah. he. I guarantee you, he's at least six other people in the Cobra, the Cobra organization. He's probably like <laughs> he's the guard. He's a mailroom attendant. I'm pretty sure he's a janitor because he showed up in the one, the one uh, episode. I think he was a janitor. Uh, oh no, that was a Crimson Guard that was a janitor. Um, he also works for Cobra Amazon as a delivery driver. Yeah. I mean, the Cobra Cafe. exactly. Yeah. Well, he's got a, a a lounge, a Cobra lounge in one of the the recreations rooms. So he's got plenty to do. He's, he's so, at least nine other people collecting a bit different pay, pensions. Yet, um, yet Major Blood, whose name is his, whose real name is Sebastian Blood, by the way, mm-hmm. um, works at Stride Right with a name tag that says Sebastian Blood. I I, I guarantee he asked for his full name to be put on the. Uh, well, no one likes Major uh, Blood. I'm pretty sure they call him Seabass without his consent. <laughs> right? Yeah. So he's, because he's not a master of disguise, he, he doesn't have the ability to just work inside of the, the Cobra thing. Um, well, it's, it's kind of hard to hide the eye patch. This is probably, I think for Zartan, this is a tax evasion thing, too, somehow. He just, he's, he's using <laughs> he all of his jobs. <laughs> One job doesn't make enough to register for taxes. So right. There you go. And he's pretending multiple. to be. I'm sorry, Jason. What was his name again? Bernard. Uh, Bernard. Melvin yeah. Bernard. Melvin Bernard. No, that's so, a guy who used to play for the Giants. Uh, oh, okay, so these, good. Not these kidding. Guys, he played center, center field. Melvin Bernard? Yes. Nice. All right. Well, so there's Zartan's last job. Um, but so this is how he avoids paying taxes because. He may, uh, Zartan doesn't make any money. Melvin Bernard makes money. And huh? Jose Chang, whatever his huh? other names are. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Marvin Bernard that played for the Giants. Oh, Marvin Bernard. And, Same difference. And Stefan Jameson, you know, like the, the, he just, those guys pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Or as Joe pointed out, he doesn't make enough money at each one to to do it and just collectively he's you know he's trying to make sure that cobra commander does actually pay him somehow 
Because Cobra Commander um, can't default on he can't default on his his hourly workers pay <laughs> because they'll rebel against him and overthrow him. True, because they, well, they're the backbone, right? They have to be the backbone. Right. Exactly. Um, so now we have outside shots of of Wild Bill is flying around, um, and says that he's got an eye on things, obviously. But he really doesn't, because this is where the, as Joe pointed out, the wall opens up <laughs> on the on the top of the building, and Cobra Fangs come out. Cobra Fangs, one of the most poorly designed vehicles in history, because it's an open air helicopter. Uh, seems pretty dangerous. So I think, um, I don't know, real quick, fans of Wild Bill, yes or no? Uh, I had I like the dragon. I had the dragonfly. Um, I I liked him. So I'm a fan of the dragonfly. I was never super big on Wild Bill. Like he wasn't necessary for me. But uh, <clears throat> you know, I had the Cobra Fang. I always thought it was weird because I'm pretty sure at some point we also see Cobra pair or Cobra troopers um, jump out of and parachute out of the Cobra Fang. That which again happens in the episode. Is it? Yeah, it's an open air helicopter. This is the most dangerous thing you've got to be able to do while flying this one-manned aircraft. Um, we have that going on. Snake Eyes takes on Destro, so we have we have a, an actual Snake Eyes moment here, Jason. Yeah, he punches the crap out of him. So we, Snake Eyes actually... He actually participates in the, in the battle here. Can, can we go back, now that we're mentioning Snake Eyes again... Um, way back at the beginning when uh, everyone's leaving for the base after 575 was reported and then they have to hot foot it back to the base and and um, barbecue says, well, don't forget your hamburgers. Um, Snake Eyes takes a hamburger. How's he going to eat that with his mask? Does he like, you know, wait till no one's looking? Is it like the Mandalorian where he waits till he no one's up. looking, rolls it up, he just eats rolls it? it up. He shoves it through the vent thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was kind of just... rude of him. He just sm- absolutely smashes it through that grate until he has enough to eat. It's like he just like just like mashing it with his mouth like open. He like turns it into grater. baby food by mashing it through yeah. the grate. And then... Cheese grater. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Good. Well, good to know. I'll, I'll buy right. it. Thanks. All right. Well, so we're back to um, him kicking the crap out of Destro. Yeah. So. Um. Well, but before that, we we have Scarlet's interaction again, and doesn't Destro says something like Miss Scarlet O'Hare, um, yeah, something something, and then she does like a Southern accent. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody Don't write tell down me you're she... the little old viper? Oh, well, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. We, now they come up in an elevator, right? And that's where this happens. They come up in an elevator. Why are they all laying down? Oh, They're he playing... hit him with the knockout gas. Okay. Uh, See, I must I must have missed that. I just like they get, but but the knockout gas only lasted from wherever they were on the elevator to where they got out because they wake so up instantly. Destro yeah, woke well, up with his loud screaming. Exactly, it was uh, a smelting accident, uh, or major blood Destro's loud screaming, or major blood sure. loud screaming. Major blood, one of the two. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, this is the section of the podcast where we like to uh, make Joe uncomfortable. So there was, <laughs> they. That uh, Destro mentions the, the O'Hare, which I guess is her actual like surname. Yeah, according yep. to thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, um, but I don't know if he actually was saying that because 
isn't in the movie that that's referenced? Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, is O'Hara? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Gone with the yes. Wind, right? So, yes. I guess if he were to know, so the episode that he learns of her surname is like way past this episode. It's the one where they take all of the relatives to go mm-hmm. um, get the, the uh, exploding crystals. Exploding we, crystals. Uh, didn't we yeah. review that episode? Yeah, her name. We? we have not. Oh, no, I watched that. I watched that episode. Yeah, her name is is Shana S H A N A O'Hara, according to her file card. Yeah. See, um, and then just, so just for fun, real real quick back to um, Zartan and all of his uh, by the hour jobs. Uh, at this mm. time, the minimum wage for Zartan would have been three dollars and thirty five cents an hour. Nice. So he's you have he's to be like it in with all thirty eight jobs that he has within the Cobra Industries. Plus, the occasional paycheck from Cobra Commander, and a and a gem of that size that answers all these questions. Do you think that they pay minimum wage? You think Cobra pays minimum wage? Totally, without really. Oh oh, yeah, oh yeah. I don't know. I think they're trying to skirt that. I mean, I think they do it in a way. So three dollars and thirty five cents U.S. is four thousand Cobra shekels. Oh, okay. They use like the peso system, but instead of pesos, it's I think that's what it is. Yeah, Cobra they, shackles. They, they, they make Cobra, it sound Cobra like cash. a lot more than it is. Yeah, the, the, the conversion it's rate like is like real awful. cash, only funner. <laughs> so, do they? Do you think Cobra has like commercials on their closed network television, like <laughs> check into cash? But it's they do Cobra cash where they get yes. like payday loans, and then we they see... have like a they have like a version of uh, <laughs> well, who's the guy from the Diamond Store? Oh, uh, Paul! <laughs> Paul from the Diamond Store. Paul, Paul from the Diamond Store. They so have wait, like those commercials. Low Diamond financing Center. for Paul from the Diamond Center. They have like low financing jewelry yeah. for Cobras. What are you doing, Paul? So, who's in charge of the check cashing place? Is it somebody that works for Raptor, it's who's not... the internal revenue service of Cobra? It's Sartan. We just already <laughs> said that. <laughs> He's Greg from accounting. He's the one that works at the, the check cashing thing. That's how he can get all these eight other personas of his to be actually hired and on the paycheck with nobody noticing. He's oh, don't worry about and, it. And Gene. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, and Curtis. Yeah. Greg's there. Oh. He's cool. He'll, he'll make rap, sure your checks rap, go through. And Raptor keeps a, a hawk's eye on all of the money going yeah, on here. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Another side question: We all know Raptor wears his full like headdress and wings. Yep. yep. But yeah, does everywhere. he also wear that like green visor? Um, yes. And then yes. the sleeve. Everywhere. Thing? Yes. yes. Like exactly. As the accountant with but, like a yes. pencil and a calculator. But the green visor goes over the eyes of the bird on Raptor top of head. his head, not over his own <laughs> eyes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And yeah. his bird that he comes with also has its own green visor. Correct. Yeah, but, but it has one of those like elastic things around his ankle instead of his where's, wing. Where is he putting his pocket protectors though? Like he's shirtless he's, under the wing thing that he wears. He's got the shirt on. He has to have it on. It's required. Shirt it's, ties are required. He stapled it he's over. Like... It's sleeveless. He has a sleeveless white collared shirt with a tie. Oh, that is you know the wings sticking yeah. out from underneath. Yeah. It's either inside the wings or he's got one of those like armbands that you're supposed to put your, your phone in when you go running, but he just keeps a pocket protector in it. Oh, I'm just mostly picturing the bird with the green visor on. <laughs> oh, this can't maybe... be right. Like Going over the Raptor out on his bad math calculations. 
He's just scratching out the bad numbers. Do you know how much an, it costs to rebuild that recreation center number three? <laughs> yeah, it flies in. I do have an itemized yeah. receipts. Instead of instead of like the R two D two whistle, like instead of like, yeah, like the, the raptor has just like a caw that like it's just, it's a caw it's a caw of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we do get the the Zartan thing when you know when he does fade into the wall. We before he does that, he says Zartan never surrenders. By the way, mm-hmm. which is true, I guess he doesn't surrender. He just no, disappears. He doesn't, he doesn't take no shit neither. Mm-hmm. Well, he kind of does. He, you know, he well, takes the, a lot of it. The one episode that he does surrender in, that was when he was trying to get out because he had planted the bomb. So he's right. like, I surrender. Take me to the... Mm, yeah, no, you'll have to work on that. No, that's... That'll be next episode. <laughs> the Raptor car. <laughs> Disappointment. Uh, is, does Raptor oh, appear there in was. any of the... <laughs> That's the uh, miscalculation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's angry at people. Does... Uh, does... Real quick, does Raptor appear in any of the Deke episodes? No. Uh, no. We'll have to do some more research on we'll that. We'll have one. to do some research on that. We have to feature Raptor. No, I don't think, I think so. He's camera. Or he's comics only. As far as I know. I thought you were going to say he's camera shy. Yeah, he's that too. <laughs> he's too busy. He can't be in an episode. He's doing taxes no. for every single member of the Cobra. Are you kidding me? From January to April, you never see that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, do- he's done. He's hungered um, in. Okay. All right, all right. Back on track. So now we're we're done at extensive enterprises after basically, you know, all the interactions, the fight with uh with do, Snake Eyes and Death. Did we talk about how uh, Alpine and Footloose were trying to scale the side of the building with the extensive enterprise sign? What? They yeah. were trying to scale the side of the building and did as if we had nothing. seen them climbing earlier in the episode. <laughs> and did absolutely nothing except so, fall off the building. This is like, again, we chalk this up to poor decision making by those two jack wagons because there's stuff flying around like missiles are flying around and there's helicopters and they're like what a great idea let's scale this outside of the building okay but let's be fair here joe they do mention that footloose is still learning to climb if he's going to be featured in the episode alpine has two skills mountain climbing and and hitting on lady j so we are We've wrapped up the extensive enterprises quite extensively, even uh-huh. though everyone knows that it's Cobra, but they're going to like look the other way, I guess. Because who are they? Because what happens to their paycheck if Cobra goes away? I'm just exactly. Thinking, right? Yeah. It's economics. Um, Supply and demand? So no. I wanted to mention that doesn't Destro get the gun knocked out of his hand and someone goes to grab it and then Destro magically has another gun in his hand? Drop that yeah. weapon. Continuity. Anybody else pick up on that? Yeah, it's okay. continuity again. I mean, it it it's all. I think uh, Snake Eyes hits it out of his, punches him in the face, and that's where it goes to the ground. And then he's back up again when. And then he has else... another. He has yeah. another gun in his hand. Yeah. He has an unlimited supply I, of guns. I guess, well, he's a weapons dealer. Yeah. Right. So then we're back at the barbecue hut, and then what? Oh, they're sitting around waiting for at this point another phone call. But nobody wants to answer it. Both Barbecue and Scarlet are refusing to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? What yeah. does he say at this point? Uh, coming at noon. Coming at noon. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then that's this is where the episode comes to an end, though. Yes, because, because all the, they go. They go into full-on defense mode on the Barbecue Hut. 
Right. They have all of the, the flak cannons and stuff stuck around and tanks, and they're all in the other se- section. And then uh, somebody looks at their watch, high noon, straight up, or something like that. And then yep. they see the, the Viper coming from down the street mm-hmm. in his sweet-ass hat and pants. So he's a little old man mm-hmm. that is there to wash the windows, of mm-hmm. which we did get reference from Barbecue when Roadblock bo- broke the window mm-hmm. that he didn't yeah. need to have that one washed. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, he's, he's still this barbecue. whole time, does Barbecue not realize that he hired someone to come clean the windows? And yeah, that this I... is... He forgot. Uh, maybe he calls him Mr. Barbecue. Animal. The Viper calls him Mr. Barbecue. Yeah. Oh. Maybe he put out an ad. Well, so what you're saying, Jason, is because we learned earlier that he's a party animal. Yeah. Barbecue got blackout drunk. Yes. The night before, and then forgot yeah. that he hired the Viper to come. He he was huffing spoke paint to this guy. trying to get his. He was huffing paint trying to get his uh um house his firehouse remodeled. Because there's and no then decided. I need to call. Barbecue smokes weed and puts his respirator on his yes. firefighting respirator. <laughs> but yeah. so there's Hot no, I mean, at this time, there's no email, right? There's no texting. So he had to have hired this gentleman either in person or over the phone. Mm-hmm. So he's heard him talk before. Or do you think he came with the firehouse? Ooh, like barbecue came. bought the firehouse, didn't realize that this Viper, the window washer guy was. contract. Yeah. And he's, I mean, something like that. Because he's like, I'm the Viper. I've come to wash and wipe your windows 575 an hour. I stopped on the West Corner. Top he, didn't, well, he does he at one point. He comes, he comes later. At the end. But, yeah. but yeah, but so. And he says, West top Corner, floor top first. floor first. Yeah. Yep. So he puts so, it all together. Uh, even if he is, even if he calls and like just leaves a message on an answering machine, right? Like. You you would have to assume this guy's pretty low tech. He doesn't have like a hi and thanks for calling the viper no. win- window washers, right? Well, I guess no, he technically would be the, the wiper. It's you know for times and shows in your area, press one, right? Like that's <laughs> no. Not... He either answers the phone or he doesn't. That's it, right? And he's an old exactly. guy, so after like five p.m., he just doesn't answer the phone. He's just like correct, forget it, correct, because it's Miller time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yo, for sure, dude. For sure, it's Miller time. And, uh, you know, he's he's clearly from another country, right? Because he's got this, he's got a pretty thick accent. So, mm-hmm. um, and, but barbecue also, I want to point out, even off duty, just refers to himself as barbecue. He's like Mr. Mm-hmm. Barbecue. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even know barbecue's real name. He doesn't want anybody to know his real name either. This is, this is just an accident waiting to happen. Well, yeah, it's, and then it also ends like every other '80s like sitcom trope. They all just start laughing, and then that freeze yeah. frames and, and credits that's it. roll. Um, the and, only thing that would make that ending better is if they all jumped jumped up in, in the, the air. air yep, place. exactly. And like, <laughs> and like high five, high five, barbecue, barbecue, and Scarlet high five each other in the air. They're like, and then <laughs> and then cue the like bubbly, kooky version of the theme song from the from the show. Yeah. Uh, well, that that does, guys. I think we hit it on the head. That wraps up. The Viper is coming. So I want to make a, I want to go back to a couple points, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll be ending. Um, the Viper, as a character, makes an appearance in the Devil Do comic book series as a mm-hmm. strange window washer. Um, basically, Roadblock and a couple other people meet up at a bar, and this is before 
the Devils do one where they were kind of sort of out of work. Cobra had gone away, and so they were kind of sort of out of work for a while, and then they were mm-hmm. all coming back yeah. together. Uh, Alpine, Bazooka, Roadblock, and somebody else are in a bar, and Bazooka sees a strange window washer, and then oh. they, he goes to follow the guy, comes to find out that the bar is all just run by Cobra, and Bazooka comes out and goes, hey, I saw that window, and then the window washer comes and knocks him out. So I, re- I think I have Viper this issue of the comic. Yeah. I think I, I have it. And then... Um, the televiper is fat at this point, by the way. Yes, is Bazooka fat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, the televiper was first introduced in Rocket's Red Glare, which is before this episode. So okay, we are correct, uh, or Joe was correct. The televiper was, was already introduced mm-hmm, before this one. Okay. And then one more, the Snow Serpent, and I'm going to read you the back of his file card, and it explains why he has a parachute. Um, snow serpents are the Arctic specialist branch of the eels. They must undergo the same rigorous training program as the eels with an addition of a six-month cold-weather course somewhere above the Arctic Circle. Other aspects of their training include airborne operations under Arctic conditions, anti-tank procedures, and the use of snowshoes, skis, and kayaks. So, so they do um, eels or parachuting seals. things. Mm-hmm. Eels, right? that's yeah. Eels or seals, so these mm-hmm. are these are eels, and then they get the additional training. So they they just they figure they have to bring their their parachute with them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <clears throat> we need to, to to get wrapping this up here, guys. Uh, la- final thoughts, Joe, on the the Viper is coming. Uh, it's a it's a quality classic GI Joe episode. Hundred percent. Jason agreed. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> classic episode of G.I. Joe. I think all, all G.I. Joe fans, again, that, that watched during this time will remember this episode. Uh, <clears throat> as per always, want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Saturday Morning Buffoons. Continue to like and subscribe. Interact with us on Twitter um, and, and tell us what you think. Thank you for listening and yo, Joe. Buffoons.